I was a boy of uh, spiritual curiosity. I was not contented with the explanations of the uh, Roman Catholic priests who delivered lectures in the church. I used to question them regarding a human soul, salvation, hell, heaven and such things. The answers they gave me, I felt that uh, were not uh, adequate. I felt that uh, I need uh, uh, more clarity. When I questioned them that way, uh, they felt that uh, I was under the impact of uh, Satan, Lucifer. Namaste, I'm Deepthi. The foundation of Indian civilization is the Vedic culture. The Vedas were revealed through rishis, highly evolved humans with high receptivity, extraordinary memory, and supreme intellect. Without the use of modern equipment, the rishis were able to make many scientific discoveries, which are only now being discovered by modern science. The rishis are, in fact, considered the source of inspiration for many European scientists and philosophers like Plato and Pythagoras. Today, we have a very special guest with us who has made it his life's mission to spread the message of the rishis and make it more accessible. D.A. Joseph G. is the founder of Rishi Dharma Foundation, an organization with the vision of bringing about renaissance of the forgotten Vedic values through the propagation of ancient Sanskrit and Tamil literature. D.A. Joseph G. was born in a Roman Catholic family in Madurai, Tamil Nadu. He learned the Shastras through his guru, Sri Veera Raghava Ingar. He has delivered thousands of lectures on the Upanishads, Smritis, Alvars, Gita, and also on the social problems of India. Namaste, Joseph Ji. Very, very warm welcome. Uh, Namaste. Namaste, Namaste. Joseph Ji, uh, Joseph Ji, how did you start your journey with uh, Sanatana Dharma? It dates back uh, to my early days. When I was very young, I was a boy of uh, spiritual curiosity. I was not contented with the explanations of the uh, Roman Catholic priests who delivered lectures in the church. I used to question them regarding a human soul, salvation, hell, heaven and such things. The answers they gave me, I felt that uh, were not uh, adequate. I felt that uh, I need uh, uh, more clarity. When I questioned them that way, uh, they felt that uh, I was under the impact of uh, Satan, Lucifer. They started questioning uh, religion itself. But I said I have no evil motive. I just want to quench my thirst. My brain gnaws me to know more and more about uh, God. Uh, the explanation we find in the Holy Bible is not sufficient for me. Then they said, uh, see, what we know is the knowledge given by the Bible only. We do not know more than that. More than that is not revealed to humanity because God thinks that they must be secret. When he himself thinks that they must be secretive, why do you uh, probe into them? Please be satisfied with what uh, you are given and go ahead to march on along the path of Christianity, they said. But I was not obedient to them. I felt uh, that the curiosity got over me. So gradually I started moving with uh, uh, scholars of other religion, other religion, uh, you know, like Islam, 
புத்திசம் ஜெயினிசம் அண்ட் ஈவன் சப்செக்ட்ஸ் ஐ யூஸ் டு கோ இன் சர்ச் ஆஃப் தோஸ் பீப்புள் சிட் இன் த ரோ டு லிசன் டு தேர் லெக்சர்ஸ் பட் தோஸ் லெக்சர்ஸ் என்லைட்டன் மீ அ லிட்டில் மோர் பட் நோட் ஆப்சல்யூட்லி even that was not sufficient to me while i was a law student in bangalore i used to attend uh, uh, the lectures delivered by one sri buddhara khetra he was a buddhist priest a well learned man he used to deliver lectures every saturday or sunday i used to sit there uh, i felt that uh, buddhism through more light on spirituality than my own religion but still i felt that uh, something was lacking then i jumped over to saivism uh, one uh, shiva subramanya iyer uh, he was available in madurai he was a scholar in saiva siddhanta uh, and he enlightened me about saivism i became a student of uh, one mat uh, called thiruvavudurai adinam and those people were conducting regular lessons by classes and they even conducted exams at the end of which they will issue a certificate so i became thorough with saiva siddhanta and even then i felt that something was lacking so then um, the only opening for me left over then was to contact uh, my tamil master Uh, he was working in st mary's high school madurai where i was uh, studying my 10th standard and 11th standard i approached him for further explanations and he was kind enough to explain vaishnavism to me and one interesting interesting thing about him is that he used to welcome questions he, even nagging questions he would welcome even if uh, my questions sounded like uh, ragging him or bullying him he would be happy only he would induce me to ask more and more of such questions and that was a great encouragement to me because i never met such a man because whenever a spiritual scholar is questioned he gets irritated he feels that uh, the student is uh, wrong he is over uh, curious he would like to shut up my mouth only this was the only person who said you ask any question sometimes i used to ask you know even irritating questions like this you know you say that lord vishnu is uh, sleeping on a snake adisesha a thousand headed snake it is ridiculous and funny doesn't he uh, get a good bed for uh, laying down my question is why should he lie down at all god should be brisk why should he lie down on a, and that on a snake it's a ridiculous concept but uh, even such questions he used to answer me satisfactorily i went on uh, inventing questions uh, say questions like uh, if ravana had uh, 10 heads it's not an even number if it is 11 okay one head in the center five heads this side five heads this side it's even if it is 10 how can it be even now when he lies down if he turns on his side how would those heads uh, Uh, equalize his position it will be a troublesome sleep uh, if he gets cold which nose will uh, ooze out uh, phlegm 
such questions are used to ask. Yeah? He won't get irritated. He will be happy. He used to say, you see, my children uh, are not this much curious. When I started explaining Vedas to them, they would move away. I was very sad about it. God has shown me a good disciple. Saying so, he started answering me. This question and answer series went on for 25 years. Quarter of a century. And uh, day by day, I felt that my spiritual knowledge was uh, getting strengthened. I was getting a moral satisfaction. And I thought uh, that I have come to the person to whom I should come in this birth. And uh, this Ramanuja's philosophy of Visishtadvaita, while explained in contrast with Sankaracharya's Advaita, was very interesting. The concept of uh, soul, the concept of uh, God, the concept of Maya, these things were cleared off all my doubts. I had lots of doubts in my mind. And this man was capable of uh, removing 10 questions by one explanation. That is perhaps the greatness of the religion he belongs to. But uh, his patience and uh, his welcoming nature was very much... Uh, uh, basis, a uh, foundation for my knowledge of Hinduism. Then uh, I felt uh, settled and satisfied with uh, Sri Vaishnavism uh, preached by the Rayangar. And all my questions were appeased. They were settled down and I started uh, uh, finding out the brighter side of uh, Hinduism. I learned uh, Sanskrit from him. I learned uh, all the six branches of Hinduism from him. He was a great scholar in Tamil literature also. And he would explain the root of every word, every Sanskrit word or every Tamil word. He would correlate uh, uh, languages in an ingenious way. So, for example, in uh, Sanskrit we say for often the word pade, pade. Pade means step. Pade Pade means for every step. In Tamil, we say Adikadi. Adi means step, for every step. He would say the word English often is totally different from the Sanskrit often and Tamil often. Whereas Sanskrit often is very much uh, in relation with Tamil often. In Tamil, we say Adikadi. In Sanskrit, we say Pade Pade. So the same uh, concept, you see, remains in both, both the languages, but the only expression is different. Like that, he was, a, he was an etymologist, he was a linguist, and he was a, uh, what, do you, what do you say, you know, pioneer in uh, perusing the root of languages. A very great man. The only thing, uh, sad, sad thing about his, his name didn't come out. For his learning and for his scholarship, he should have become as popular as Vivekananda. Such a great scholar he was. But uh, the only thing God did was, he poured uh, into my brain all he learned. And now I am his replica. I am his reflection, uh, spreading his name. But uh, while he reached the feet of holy feet of God, he had still very much of stock of knowledge to give me but days were not sufficient. 
So it was an incomplete journey. Anyway, this is how I started entering Sanatana Dharma. Next question. This is fascinating. Thank you so much, Josuji. Uh, like they say, when the disciple is ready, the guru appears. So um, we're very glad that uh, you found your guru and now we are able to learn from you as well. Uh, Josuji, can you uh, explain at a very high level what is the essential difference between the philosophies of Shaivism and Vaishnavism? Basically, I would say that uh, only Murthis differ. That is, they worship Lord Shiva as the Almighty God. These people worship Lord Vishnu. Other than these uh, things, I don't think there is much difference in, uh, in the, between these uh, religions. Uh, if you follow the tenets uh, preached by a Saivite, Saivism says you will reach the holy feet of Lord Shiva. Here in Vaishnavism, they say if you follow the tenets of Vaishnavism, you will reach the feet of Lord Vishnu. That is the only difference. But basically, they have principles the same. Nomenclature is different. You see here, in Vaishnavism, they say Chitta, Achit, and Ishvara. Whereas in Saivism, they say Pashu, Pati, and Pasam. The nomenclature is different. But the matter conveyed is the same. The karma theory, the surrender root, everything is there. Here we have the Alvas, there we have the Nayanmas. Both have sung in the same tone, Bhakti, Prapati, uh, surrendering, everything is the same. So I think uh, there need not be any fight between uh, Saivite and Vaishnavite, but that is what is happening today. At the peak of the thing, you know, every Saivite uh, knows to hate a Vaishnavite, and every Vaishnavite is particular about uh, ridiculing a Saivite. Anyway, it's going on. So help us understand the karma theory. Karma theory is an answer to many questions which suffering people raise. You know, in life, uh, we find uh, two uh, prominent segregations of humanity. One, the rich society. The other, the poor society. Rich society never questions about life and death. Rich society never questions about God because they are happy with the money they have. They face no difficulties in life. So they don't go to the question of why this man is suffering, why that man is suffering, why he is lame, why that fellow is uh, fat. All these questions, they are least interested. They are interested in uh, multiplying their money only. But if you come to the poor section of society, people who are financially lagging behind, uh, they are very much pained to know that God is so cruel to them. They say God is a, a kind of personality. If you go to temple, you see a Lord Vishnu or Shiva showing the palm like this. Be well, be well. But nothing happens here. Just because showing this hand like this, a poor man does not become rich. He goes to the temple, he worships and he sees the God showing his hand like this. Subhamastu, Subhamastu. But no Subham comes. Now, my question is, a God who is benevolent, who is kind, should give me more uh, uh, happiness. I'm poor financially, I'm sick, I'm suffering, I'm faced with uh, tribulations. How do you explain this? Now, these questions are answered only by karma theory. Unfortunately or fortunately, the poor lot of society forms the majority. You know, rich people form only 15%. As per census, only 15% of human population is rich. The remaining 85%, they are poor people only. 
they are all suffering only so they have hundreds of questions why god should be so unkind to us now these questions are answered satisfactorily by only karma theory karma theory says the life you are leading now has a setback previously you have already led this life before and this life is not going to end with this death it is going to continue in the next birth also and there is a chain of events you know cause and effect this is the cause and this is the effect and that is why karma theory could satisfy them you know you come to india you approach a poor man you ask him you see the man who is living opposite your house he is living in a multi storied building whereas you are living in a hut what is your opinion about it he answered me he would say well that is his karma this is my karma he will talk like a philosopher so philosophy has gone into the brain of a beggar of a poor man of everybody in india in india we find a sort of intellectual satisfaction to all these questions whereas in other countries they are not happy with their religion their religion does not give them satisfaction in seeking answers for such questions whereas hinduism has done it it's all because of karma theory so every suffering man is able to satisfy himself is able to appease his emotions saying okay i did some papa karma in the previous birth that is why i suffer even a, a, a clerk he enters the manager's room he gets fired there huh? the manager shouts at him he barks like a dog you are a fool idiot like that listening to all those uh, harsh words he comes back and sits on the chair he says perhaps in the previous birth i was the manager and he was the clerk the account is settled now so he is able to satisfy himself like that huh? whereas the same incident if it happens in a foreign country this clerk would think of some revenge i will take vengeance against this fellow so it continues whereas hinduism puts down all animalistic emotions it brings man back to his human standards so we are all indebted to karma theory Uh, very interesting uh, joseph ji sometimes uh, the arguments uh, that people have against karma theory is it makes people very uh, complacent they don't want to change their circumstances because they think it's karma and they just uh, accept it and don't try to get better uh, what do you think about that like uh, how can we explain that the vedas which which preaches karma theory mm. it tells us that karma can be uh, changed if you are a man enjoying good karma that is if you are rich and affluent if you are happy by your bad karma you will get down be careful don't go for bad karma if you are suffering from bad karma suppose you are poor suppose you are sick even then you can change your karma by certain prayers by certain penance by certain uh, change of mentality and they have given us enough examples from puranas and itihasas how that was made possible you know we find the story of uh, druva druva was a small boy of five he wanted to become uh, the greatest uh, um, what do you call a man sitting on the uh, highest designation 
the lord vishnu made him dhruva nakshatra dhruva nakshatra is superior to lord brahma himself karma theory says creation theory says that brahma is number 1 but dhruva was kept in a place which is superior to that so even creation protocol can be changed by uh, some prayers or by some good deeds merits so people must understand that uh, you know there is nobody on earth who has uh, no bad karma even the richest man will be suffering from some minus factor his wife will be non cooperative or his uh, health will be lagging behind or some uh, negative factor he will be suffering from so even that thing can be changed eradicated by following certain discipline for that there uh, there are uh, several shanti karmas every purana says do this this karma will change now recently i published on a video called the shankar gita shankar gita is found in vyasa bharata shankar gita is nothing but a conversation between goddess parvati and lord shiva even though vyasa bharata is a vaishnavite epic there is a very many very many section you know there are which speak about lord shiva and other deities in on one occasion goddess parvati asks lord oh lord will you be kind enough to explain to me which papa karma results in which form of punishment for example why is why is a man born blind please answer me he says you know people who peep into bathrooms of uh, um, other men's wives while taking bath they are born blind he answers like that and why are some men born lame you know some people are born without a leg why is it so lord shiva says uh, you know people who kick uh, holy objects that is a uh, vigraha of lord krishna this fellow gets wild because his mother doesn't serve him food he gets angry you are always reading bhagavad gita bhagavad gita you don't care for your family let this uh, lord krishna go to dogs he goes and kicks that uh, vigraha of lord krishna the vigraha gets broken this man will be born lame in the next birth lord shiva says so like that hundreds of questions uh, goddess parvati shoots why is uh, a man black why is a man suffering from leukoderma why is a man dumb why is a man deaf why is a man poor why is a man um, being tortured by his boss so all those uh, questions and answers you know they make you rich with information they make you happy about life then you feel that i have nothing to worry about so these uh, shastras tell us that the karma can be changed and that is the answer uh switching to vedas uh, could you help us understand what are vedas and how are they relevant to the society today you know i have uh, given a lecture uh, saying that there are 100 individualities of hinduism one of them is vedas you know every religion has its holy book islam has quran christianity has the bible like that every religion has a holy book the difference between the holy book of hinduism is it is named as veda 
Veda means knowledge. No, vid vid means vidwan. Vid means uh, knowing. So increasing your knowledge is Veda. If you turn to the pages of Vedas, it not only deals with uh, God. It deals with everything you find around you. Nature is explained. Your body is explained. Your fortune is explained. Astronomy is explained. Astrology is explained. We find everything there. Whatever you need, we find there. And they classify food into three categories: as sattvic food, rajasic food, and tamasic food. This food will give you this quality. That food will give you that quality. Avoid this. Eat that. do not move with every kind of man man has emanating radiation that radiation will have its effect on others don't move with such people always find yourself in satsangam so these things they have analyzed life they have analyzed nature they have analyzed philosophy to such an extent that you cannot point out a single thing which they have not touched everything they have dealt with even aircrafts even uh, navigation everything everything black magic white magic uh, samudraya shastra everything and there is nothing you can say which has been left over and you know we have heard about max muller max muller is a german scholar that man uh, he says uh, when i look over the globe and when i see to evaluate the strength of the literature of every religion or every nationality i would say that if at all there is a nation which has gone to the highest to reach in the knowledge of every branch of science available it is the hindu religion is this only hinduism has thoroughly analyzed everything and if you read all hindu scriptures you would feel that you have learned everything you must so these vedas enlighten you not only on subjects like god and man but also on your surroundings on the beginning of the world the future of the world the hidden treasures of nature everything so i think uh, vedas have not been sufficiently utilized you know people think that veda means uh, some stotras some uh, namaha 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 like that that is vedas no it is not like that it is a bundle of knowledge it's a heaped uh, hill of knowledge and you can keep on reading you heard about a story there was a man i think his name is yavakrita um he wanted to uh, peruse the vedas completely before he gets married he says uh, if i get married i won't be able to read the vedas so before marriage i will finish the vedas his parents uh, have fixed a girl for him the arbitration is over there is much of jewels and this much of uh, uh, money everything is over now but this fellow says wait 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 i have i'm yet to finish vedas what happens is he becomes an old man of 100 he has reached a century that girl is dead now these parents uh, they go and uh, uh, cry before indra indra was uh, their favorite deity you have given us such a son then indra appears before the boy he says hey man you have wasted your youth your parents feel very sad about it 
okay i will make you a youth again and give you another 100 years to live get married and be happy man so he becomes a young man again they think that he is going to get married so they fix another girl for him but this fellow says i won't come out of my study room i have to complete my vedas so this happening repeats for four times 400 years pass away four times he became old and four times he became young but no marriage to take place now indra appears to him in an angry mood he says you fool you think that you can cover up all vedas i will show you the total quantity of vedas see then he opens his uh, spiritual eye and then he sees that fellow says oh yeah a big heap of vedas and what he has mastered so far it is only this much what he has to study is himalayan in height and indra says you are going to complete all these vedas and you are going to get married you are an idiot man vedas can never be completed then oh, i never knew about it then he gets married and stops reading vedas so this is a humorous story that uh, that makes us understand that vedas are unlimited ananta vedaha so what vedas we have now has been given to us by sage vyasa uh, as a ration only is not given the complete vedas for kaliyuga this much of vedas is enough so much of atharva veda so much of uh, uh, rigveda so much of ayurveda like that limited only so vedas is an unlimited extensive ocean of knowledge whatever you want to know can be learned from that then uh, joseph ji how are uh, you through rishi dharma foundation helping uh, the people of today's society learn the vedas you know i i was uh, working for my phd in english literature in madurai university mm. and um, i had the opportunity of meeting uh, research scholars from foreign countries say from germany from russia from usa you know they used to come here to study tamil or to study indian philosophy something like that so we used to meet uh, frequently knowing that i am a person who knows uh, something of hinduism they would uh, shoot questions at me you please tell me you know we have a charge against hinduism you are a neutral person you can answer this you know in no religion of the world caste plays a role you go to christianity you go to islam no religion says a man belonging to this caste only is entitled to do this uh, uh, vedic rite or this uh, penance or something like that whereas hinduism says only brahmin can do this you know sankaracharya propounded advaita he is a brahmin ramanuja he established vishishta advaita he is a brahmin then uh, uh, madhvacharya he established dvaita he is a brahmin now you come to say that only brahmins can uh, propound religions only they can be gurus now this uh, Uh, audacious uh, uh, uniqueness is not found in other religions there anybody can become if only you are uh, knowledgeable if only you are a, a man of capacity you can become a spiritual leader 
what do you say for this this is what uh, they wanted to know from me the one reason why they chose me for this question is i won't lose my temper i would answer them calmly then i i told them you see you are looking at only a section of hindus what sankara taught what ramanuja taught and what madhvacharya taught they form only a portion of hinduism that is not complete hinduism if you go back to the history of hinduism we have very much to learn in the days of your rishis rishis are absolutely above caste i can show you many rishis who are non brahmins they have collected the vedas they have been the preceptors of vedas and brahmin people have fallen and uh, touched their feet to learn knowledge from them i would tell you the case of a butcher a butcher whose uh, name was dharmavyada he was a commercial butcher born for a butcher he would uh, kill a goat every day skin it off sell mutton to people who buy but uh, rishis were waiting at his doorsteps for him to complete the business and come to them for vedic discussion and they used to clarify their doubts about vedas from that butcher that butcher would say i sell mutton but i won't eat mutton because it is my tenacity my business of tenacity i'm doing it that's all and he was more learned than brahmins he was more learned than rishis and rishis used to touch his feet and worship him and you know the story goes this way you know there was a rishi called uh, uh, konkana rishi uh, while doing penance it seems a bird flying uh, above his head in the sky uh, it uh, committed nuisance upon his head uh, the toilet matter you know it fell on his uh, head he was so much perturbed he felt it disturbed he looked up when he looked up he, he saw the bird doing this nuisance he was so angry that he looked at the bird with scorching eyes immediately the bird was burnt to ashes and he felt his penance disturbed and uh, he wanted a break so he got up he went into the village nearby asking for food he gave me some food the lady of the house she wanted him said i am giving husband food i can come to you now then he said rishi do you know who i am i am a rishi your husband is an ordinary man you must listen to me first then she said you thought i am a bird which you burnt in the forest eh? you cannot burn me like that man because i believe in pati seva i look upon my husband as god and i have been doing service to him for the last 10 years and i have penance which is stronger than yours mind that then that that rishi was taken a man shocked how does this lady know about my burning that bird i did that in the forest she is living in this city then she said are you surprised to know about my spiritual effulgence there is another man in the same village he is a butcher he is called uh, dharmavyada you go to him he has lot more to teach you then he comes to the butcher then he finds out that 
just by a profession, a man does not go down. Profession is something different from your knowledge and way of living. So this is what our rishis uh, have to say. <coughs> when that is so, how can you say that Hinduism is uh, caste-ridden? How do you say that uh, uh, Brahmins monopolize religion in Hinduism? No, because these things are, have not come to light. If you read thoroughly Hinduism, Brahminism is just one section of it. But above that transcends our Hinduism. Hinduism is higher than all those things. So Hinduism does not belong to any class, any section. So then I thought I will start an association, an organization as a Rishi Dharma Foundation. It's a trust. This would propagate, of course, Hinduism, but I would not use the name of Sankara or Ramanuja or Madhva or any spiritual leader because it gives a wrong understanding that Hinduism belongs to Brahmins only. It is not so. You know, you would have read Ramayana. In Ramayana, we find King Dasaratha, the father of Rama, getting cursed by a Rishi. You know, thinking that an elephant is drinking water, using Sabdavedi, this fellow shoots an arrow, but actually there is no elephant. It is the son of that Rishi taking water for his father. This arrow goes and kills that boy. He, the boy before dying, requests the King Dasarada, please tell my father that I am dead. He goes to the father of the boy. He tells that your son is dead. That man is a blind man, old man. And so he says, just as I am going to die because of Putra Soga, you will die because of Putra Soga. Uh, having sent your son to forest, you will uh, suffer the pangs of a separation and you will die. He gives a curse. At that time, uh, Dasarada mistake seemed to be a Brahmin Rishi. He says, Brahma Rishi, please uh, pardon me. That Rishi, you know what he says? I am not a Brahmin. I am not a Brahmin. I am a Vaishya Rishi, he says. So there we come across in Ramayana itself a Rishi who is not a Brahmin. And he is able to curse a Chatriya. A Chatriya is superior to him. And it came to pass, Dasarada died because of pangs of separation from his son. So Rishitva does not depend upon caste and community. Hinduism is far above all these classes. I told them and I, I started Rishi Dharma like that so that it will include everybody. Everybody is welcome here. Anybody belonging to any religion can come here. That's the reason. Then? Thank you so much, uh, Joseph Ji. Uh, you mentioned uh, uh, that uh, you were born in a Roman Catholic family, uh, but you didn't want to change your name after you uh, started uh, uh, talking about you know Sanatan Dharma. So can you tell us uh, what was the reason behind it? You know, after uh, I started uh, learning Hinduism and delivering lectures on Hinduism, I was once uh, invited to the Kumbhavishyakam function, you know, uh, in Madras. Mm. There is a place called uh, Triplicate and Parthasarthi Temple. Mm. That temple... Um, uh, I was invited to give lectures on Bhagavad Gita. Mm. Uh, on that occasion, uh, 
one jeer from sri perumbudur you know jeer means uh, vaishnavite pontiff a vaishnavite mm. matadipati mm. he is an acharya purusha mm. he is entitled to make a disciple um, a vaishnavite mm. uh, i happened to meet him the whole night we spent in conversation he was fascinated by my character he said we need people like you only but the unfortunate thing is no hindus like you the fortunate thing is you are like what i expected but you are not a hindu so i would like to put a request before you you continue preaching hinduism till your death but please for my sake don't change your name because the world must understand that even christians come to hinduism because the story is normally the reverse only hindus become christians we have not come across a man who is a christian coming to hinduism and you were the first case not only that you were well learned you were very rhetoric you were very oratory god has given you unique talents we need such persons for preaching vaishnavism in this name with this appearance you must not change your facial appearance or your dress you must look as you are till your last days you continue this and that will give you individuality also i promised him yes i will be like that and that is the reason wow that uh, shows the profoundness and his wisdom also so thank you so much for sharing that story uh mm. so uh, uh joseph ji you had mentioned in one of your talks about how rishis interpreted human dreams uh could you tell us a little bit more about that you know uh, hinduism uh has uh, um very many books on interpretation of dreams uh, books like swapna dhyaya swapna prakashika and there are scholars like wagbat you know wagbat is an expert in interpreting dreams uh you know the basic difference between western dream interpretation and the eastern dream interpretation is this uh you would have heard about a, a psychiatrist called sigmund freud sigmund freud is a famous uh, psychiatrist he has done great research on dreams he says that a dream is nothing but a wish fulfillment for example if i want to eat a laddu during day time i don't get a laddu that night i will have a dream that i'm eating laddu so what you could not realize in real life you get as a dream this is his interpretation and he says the dream has nothing to do with future dream has nothing to do with your life it is just a psychic reflection he says but in the east every dream is god sent it is a harbinger it is a it is a warning for warning for the future happening it has a mystic uh, reference inference importance in ramayana uh sita the wife of rama is being tortured in the ashokavana by the rakshasis of ravana they frighten her saying you marry ravana if not we will kill you and eat you at that time the daughter of vibhishana her name is trijata she says you foolish rakshasis you do not know what is going to happen last night i had a dream 
in that dream i saw this lady uh, seated on the back of an elephant standing up and touching the moon according to swapna shastra that means she is going to become a king and her enemies will die so our ravana is going to die she is going to become a queen her husband will come and redeem her trijeta says that there we find how a dream is interpreted in ramayana itself you know in uh, dreams our upanishads say that we are given a different body called swapna sharira that body is not an illusion we think that uh, in the dream we uh, we find that we are running we think it is only an imagination swapna shastra doesn't say that swapna shastra says that that figure running in the dream is not false it is not illusion it is a corporal body that's called swapna sharira so god gives you that swapna sharira makes you enjoy or suffer small amounts of pleasure and pain some dreams or this way some dreams separate your karmic balance some dreams warn you about the oncoming dangers some dreams uh, they show you that you are going to be lucky very soon and they have given listed dreams in hundreds you know for example if you happen to see fecal matter the toilet fecal matter in dream that means the next day you'll get money look at this strange example if you want to get money you must see fecal matter when i told this to some audience one fellow said okay from today onwards i will go to the toilet and have a good vision of this fecal matter and go to sleep let me have all fecal dreams but he didn't get such fecal dreams dreams do not come just because looking at a thing before going to sleep the next day he came and told me i was very much disappointed you tell me a way to get fecal dreams i said these dreams do not come by our making man it is god written is it and there was one college professor he was head of the department he said sir i have dreams very often seeing fecal matter i was worried and so i went to the doctor i got my intestines x-rayed a uh, ct scan and all they did they said my stomach is perfectly all right there is nothing wrong with you because i thought my intestines have some serious uh, drawback that is why i get fecal dreams what is your explanation when i said as per indian shastras if you have a dream of fecal matter the next day you will get money you please turn the pages of your past and think what happened when you had a fecal dream then he sat for some time ah you are right you are greatly right whenever i get a dream of fecal matter the next day i will get money that's it i said ah so here after i can feel happy about it yes yes don't go to doctor necessarily so uh, dreams like this you know uh, if you happen to see a dream of a cow it's good cow dung is good seeing milk is good seeing butter is good but seeing butter milk is not good uh, seeing any black object in dream is not good white object is good 
so like that, we have thousands and thousands of dreams explained. And I have launched uh, uh, two videos as Vedic interpretation of dreams. If you listen to them, you will get enriched. So dreams are not uh, empty visions. They are God-sent messages. That is fascinating. Uh, is there any kind of a pattern? Like how do we, uh, instead of going back and referring to the Shastras, like how do we kind of interpret it based on some logic? Is there a, a way to say, okay, like you mentioned, butter and milk and all that are good, but buttermilk is not good. So is it because, is there any logic or reason behind that? Yes, you know, buttermilk is not uh, a good thing. You know, you, usually in houses of uh, death ceremonies, we offer buttermilk. So if you happen to see in the dream that you're drinking buttermilk or uh, you see a glass of buttermilk, and uh, the next day you would get some bad news, some uh, death news, some news about your close relation uh, having dead or something like that, or some impairment of your own health. But if you happen to see uh, milk or uh, butter or ghee, as the Shastra say, in my own experience, I have seen uh, good things happening. And if you happen to uh, eat fruits, uh, say fruits means, uh, I mean, uh, a jackfruit, banana, mango, these are good fruits. If you see a dream that you are eating some uh, forest fruit, uh, it is not good. Say, for example, jujube, and that is not a good thing. Um, but you must study it as a subject, you know. You can't uh, be satisfied with uh, a talk for one hour. It's a big book like this. It runs to volumes. And very many rishis have gone deep into it. And another occasion from Ramayana, I say, uh, you know, Bharata takes his younger brother, Satrugna, to his uncle's house. Uh, they are living there. One day, Bharata tells his brother Shatrugna, my dear younger brother, last night I had a dream. I dreamt that our father, King Dasaratha, applied gingerly oil all over his body. He was wearing red clothes. He was riding on a donkey towards the south direction. This means either he will die or Ramana will die, or I will die. I am very much worried and perturbed about it. While he was talking like this to Satrugna, messengers come from Ayodhya telling him about the death of Dasaratha. So he goes to do the last rites of King Dasaratha. So if you see gingerly oil, particularly applied to your body, that shows your death. Because gingerly oil is used for those purposes. You know, gingerly, they are tila. Gingerly is used for such rites only. So it has a logic behind it. And I can tell you hundreds of occasions when dreams have come true. Even in modern days, you know, uh, you know, cinema lyric writer, one man is called Kannadasan. He used to say, whenever I see fecal matter in dream, the next day I'll be booked for writing a lyric in a film. Like that he said. So it, it has been a confirmed thing. It's not mm -hmm. false. Mm -hmm. 
that's fascinating yeah i should check out your video and we'll learn more <laughs> uh switching gears uh, joseph ji uh, how would we uh, be able to use the bhagavad gita uh, in our practical day to day lives i delivered a lecture on uh, bhagavad gita the topic was bhagavad gita removes stress that lecture was uh, uh, directed towards the it industry people information technology people were there i said the worst punishment in god's creation is stress when you get a mental stress strain you know that affects your health you might possess money to crores but if you suffer from stress and strain you are not a rich man you are a poor man so bhagavad gita helps remove stress how krishna says first of all assess yourself what are you fit for what are you cut out for do only that swadharma swadharma is that dharma which is stipulated for everybody a kshatriya is born to rule the nation a brahmana is born to study the vedas a vaishya is born to do business like that god has uh, already tabulated that each one must do only this today how to find it out how to identify yourself you go into yourself you find out your temperament your talents you can assess easily what you are meant for if you have a acting talent well go and join the film field if you have teaching talent you become a teacher you know the famous uh, cine actor rajesh khanna he was a good in academic education while he was a school student his teacher one day called him rajesh you please listen to me never go for academic jobs because god has given you talent to act so you please please go to film field don't waste your time in graduation this b and bsc is not going to help you in any way so as per the advice of his teacher only rajesh kana joined the film field and you know he became a multi millionaire after his death he had hundreds of crores of properties left in his name he was a grand success in film field because he is cut out for that only god created him with that talent so if that man wants to become a sanyasi in a buddhist ashrama how would it be just think there sharmila tagore will not come there to buddhist ashrama to sing songs with him so he will be a square peg in a round hole so if you are cut out for a particular job or a particular section of life with some lot of talents find that out and fit yourself into that that is for dharma so bhagavad gita teaches you if only a man understands that properly he will be rid of many problems but people don't do you know everyone has for his target uh, some posting some posting in it industry i must go to usa i must become a, uh, some big man in it industry that is their only target whether he is uh, fit for that or not is immaterial that is how life goes you know so bhagavad gita teaches do what you are meant for find that out what is the best way to find out our swadharma because uh, now uh, most kids their parents want them to become engineers or doctors right so they are not even given a chance to introspect and find out so what would be your advice uh, for kids to find their swadharma what would be the best way of course that is an unfortunate uh, position because 
you know parents themselves have gone wrong now you know parents the elderly our elderly generation has gone astray from the root of our traditional ancestors in those days a brahmin would always compel his son to study vedas only he won't ask his son to become a doctor or an engineer but some 50 years back the situation changed every parent started dreaming that his son must become a man of a white collar job a doctor an engineer or a man who makes money like anything the pathetic situation is the temple archakas you know archakas who do service to the lord in the temple they are not getting married at all because nobody is ready to give his daughter in marriage to a temple archaka no girl wants to marry a temple archaka you know a girl who is born for a temple archaka who was brought up by that man by the money he gets by doing this archaka that girl says being an archaka is a libel it's a very bad thing it's the most unfortunate thing i would never marry a tufted man like my father i want my husband to be a lawyer an engineer a doctor or a man uh, doing this uh, information technology business in us so ultimately what is the result 50% of temple archakas are unmarried they no girl wants to marry a man like this so what happens is these temple archakas they remove their tufts they have an english crop they wear pants they stop this uh, temple service they come to worldly life now this sin to whom will go that girl who refuses to marry a temple archaka i know personally the case of a temple archaka who is archaka in uh, uh, this triplicate uh, in parthasarathi temple he is wearing 10 rings in all uh, fingers so rich so much of uh, offering he gets every day he has money he has two cars he has a bungalow and all but him a brahmin girl would not marry because he has a tuft because he goes for a temple service no it's out of fashion they she wants only a, a bridegroom would go by plane to us to singapore to malaysia you know but they do not understand the real value of life what happens to that girl who marries a man who is in it industry i know the case uh, you know a girl after having married an it industry man has divorced him she says the moon looks beautiful from a distance when you go near to the moon you see it is the ugliest planet you see so many ups and downs like these all these it industry fellows are worst fellows in humanity she says and she has divorced him so from a distance it is a, a green attraction it industry oh it's a green nana so every student must first of all learn to obey the parent and the father says okay marry this girl marry this man say yes because he is more experienced than you but unfortunately the parent himself has gone has become a victim to his worldly ambitions so he gives wrong directions to the children so <clears throat> at least the younger generation must realize this pray to god that he must be properly guided and god will offer you good guidance that is no doubt about it thank you so much joseph ji that was a very mm-hmm. very uh, fascinating and interesting conversation uh, I, i wish we could continue talking definitely we will have more such conversations in future but really really mm-hmm. appreciate all the knowledge and insights you gave us in today's talk 
thank you so much and wish you all the very best uh, with all the great work you're doing with Rishi Dharma Foundation. Thank you so much. Most welcome. Most welcome.